Hey everyone, this is Zandra Robinson Burns from Heroin Training, introducing a special episode of The Art Life. I got the chance to meet my co-host Grace Gordon to record in person on the topic of reunion. We usually record in our studios in Los Angeles and Edinburgh, but this week we met up in Boston for the 10-year anniversary of LeakyCon, a Harry Potter convention where many of our friends and colleagues also reunited. So what you're about to hear is a little bit different from usual, but isn't that the art life? Enjoy. And here we are in person recording from a Harry Potter convention. If you're hearing background noise, by the way, during this episode, it's because there is background noise. We're not in a sound booth. <laughs> we are on the floor of a hotel. That's playing light jazz. That's playing light jazz. You can hear convention attendees in their wizard's robes scurrying about. And we decided that we really liked that for this episode. <laughs> so hello, in-person human being who I talk to every day but see rarely. <laughs> I get to actually look you in the eyes, Whoa. too. We normally turn off video. So how's your art life? Well, my art life is, um, it's definitely at a point just in the midst of my travels where I can see how much I've matured as an adult Mm. or just like how much better my self-care is. Um, And not just spa treatments or whatever it is that sometimes gets misinterpreted as self-care, but also in my art life, in my creative practice, I see how I've learned to prioritize so much better. Um, I'm here at LeakyCon. I'm here with my dad and my little brother, and I haven't been to a convention with my dad since like 2012, so it's also really special to have this time with family. And I, I knew even coming up on this convention that I wasn't gonna want to do everything. And we've talked about on the show leading up to this trip that we knew we were going to be confident in the choice to like not go to things at night for you or for me, like sleep in if I needed to. And that's also come up in just like the programming that I go to. Um, I have been totally comfortable just going to a couple of workshops and panels the whole weekend. I saw, I basically only went to things that were like my writer friends reading from their books or reading a talk. Um, We went to an open mic together, like hosted here, and that was fantastic. But like, I just didn't feel the need to go to anything else because I just didn't have the desire for it. And I feel so much better just really having taken this time to only go to things I'm 100% excited for and spend the rest of the time with my family. like. We have been watching movies and like going to nice restaurants and I'm just like, yeah, this is for this point in my life, um, this is what is pleasurable for me. And I had a really interesting realization last night because on Saturday nights of this convention, there's like this big ball. There's it's like a it's basically like a high school dance, um, but in a huge concert hall and people dress up like it's prom or or they don't if they don't want to but a lot of people dress up and whether it's in cosplay or just like nice outfits um for some people it's like the prom they never get to, they never got to have uh, at this kind of fan convention where people feel so much more accepted and they're reuniting with their their convention friends and since i've been going to this this con for i guess seven years whatever with my friends and dressing up but my life this year is totally different 
than any time that I've gone before. So Lori Kim, whose microphone we are using, thanks, by Lori. the way, thanks Lori. Um, <laughs> Lori's a writer and podcaster herself, and and she has been the writers whose talks I've attended. Um, she pointed out yesterday. I, I think I mentioned offhand, like, oh, I don't want to dress up and go to this ball. And she said, yeah, because you have to dress up for your life all the time. She's like, you have to dress up for work. So of course you don't want to like go get dolled up. And I'm like, oh, right. So because for modeling and acting and I have to be so dolled up all of the time, the thought of doing that for fun most of the time at this point in my life is like really exhausting. And this is why like my style has changed a lot over the years. Like I wear more athleisure than I ever would have imagined. And it's because I don't have the desire to be super dressed up because that's work. So I only went for like 10 minutes and then I was like, yeah, I don't want to do this. And it's dressing up didn't feel like fun. And um, even because I've talked before on the show, like, so I've been going to a lot of like premieres for things Mm -hmm. and I have to look nice. And there's like receptions after and these, you know, parties on the Paramount lot, which is all so fucking cool, but it's also, work so i went to that ball last night and i was like man this isn't what is fun for me at this stage in my life and so i motivated to go like watch an amazing academic talk about severus snape or like you know otherwise cuddle up in bed with my little brother and watch movies and i know that it's libra season and we've been talking a lot about balance but it's just such an interesting time in my art life almost like the the things that normally were fun for me are fulfilled in my in my work but that means that in my play I want to be in pajamas and like cuddling and watching movies so my art life is is just evolving so much as I get older and my free time and my choices in my free time who I spend time with have changed a lot so it's really interesting to be here and notice I feel like we're living pretty similar art lives right now we've synced up on the same time zone one in the afternoon right in our our sweet spot there of, of awake <laughs> awake in this yeah. something that's strange for me on such a busy weekend like my work is not at the front of my mind for mm. this is the rare exception in which that's the case mm. where I am truly out of that space mentally where I, I prioritize making sure that I do my, my morning pages. I do the writing that I need to do first thing in the morning before I, I go out and, and step into this space. But when I'm here, I'm, I'm listening, I'm listening to, the, to the Snape talk too. <laughs> and I am able to, to fully do that. And I think it might be something about Harry Potter that gives me that freedom. Do you feel like normally at conventions or conferences like GLA where we met, you're more in work mode than you are this week? Yeah, because I'm not presenting. Oh. And at at GLA, at the Granger Leadership Academy, the Harry Potter Alliance's conference that we go to every year, I, I give at least one workshop and... The way that the conference is laid out, that it's always been a personal development day first. And so that not only sets the tone 
but also it it sort of positions me as oh this was a presenter from early on the, in the conference in a way that if I were the last in the last slot people might not know that about me until later on and so I'm the person who gave one of the first talks for the rest of the weekend I think that something that's interesting about this convention in particular this time around is that I used to want to be I used to want to present more or be a wizard rocker or like, you know, like be a performer in this space. Um, and so I would sometimes feel really jealous when I was here of my my friends, because like, I've known some of the people in this community here for so long. I was jealous of my friends who, who had those roles. Who, and um, I'm realizing now, this time around, that that's not what I do and that this is my space for play. I don't need to be working just because I spend my time here. I don't need to be like in a leadership role, quote unquote, or teaching something. Like I can be here as an attendee and this can be the one part of my life where I don't have to be teaching or, you know, performing. So that's that's kind of interesting to like come back here and realize and find that acceptance. I feel like we normally put in music here, but we can just jump right into the reunion topic. We can just we're, we're jump here. right in. Yeah, there's going to be there's very little need for like dividing this into segments we're, this time we're around. We're here and you're here with us. So what you were just describing about looking for your role and being a leader and being a figure mm-hmm. and having something to, to do and be in a space work wise. I think that was something that I also felt when I was in high school and I yesterday was meeting with my favorite English teacher. Cause you're back in your hometown. I'm back in my hometown. So it's uh, so many layers of reunion here and something that I was reflecting on in that experience was how I was always, I've I've always believed and I still do believe that if I don't see what I'm looking for in a space, then it's my responsibility to create it. Mm. And I was so Gryffindor about that. And there are going to be so many Harry Potter references in this episode. Yeah, buckle up. Hope you're ready. Content warning. (laughs) Content warning. A lot of Harry Potter. (laughs) I was so Gryffindor in that way. Just start. Prove that you're brave enough. And so I I founded a lot of clubs and I took initiative. And in adulthood, something that I'm learning the value of is paying more attention to what other people are doing and the value of, of just of listening. Yeah. Being an audience member, which is an essay that I've written as well, but I'm thinking about listening, sitting in these, in these, uh, in these talks this weekend and sometimes asking a question, but sometimes just being present and being attentive. Well, and we talk so much on the show about like the importance of gathering information, of researching, um, (laughs) of, um, you know, your life being part of your art and just living it being part of your art. And I definitely feel like in this space this time around, I'm like, what if I'm just learning about the value of art? By seeing like by seeing all of this incredible fan art created about Harry Potter, by seeing these costumes that people put together and and show off and and by seeing people like Lori who are incredible brilliant minds doing these thoughtful wonderful talks about like you know this critical analysis of Harry Potter. What if I just showed up to this convention and like used as an experience to like 
just be amazed at how much how how important art is how important harry potter is to so many people um and the other thing is like what if i just showed up here and supported my friends who are creators in this space without needing to be the center of attention which i normally like to be you know what if like what if i just was here and was supportive of my friends who have like a new book out or a new album out i brought cookies to a couple friends who had those things come out in the past year like what if it's okay to just be in the supporter role this weekend i want to elevate that and take out the word just and yeah and like because i think that's the that's the transition point is it's okay to do that and it's not only okay but it's necessary mm-hmm. it's necessary to artists it's part of how we share creativity so we're talking this week about reunions and it, of course this topic came up because we are reuniting having not seen each other for a little bit but we're also in your hometown so you're doing something like reuniting with your favorite english teacher from high school i'm reuniting with friends from this this convention who i've known since i was 12 or 13 i've kind of lost track um and i wanted to talk just quickly at least to start about like why wh- where this idea came from I think we put this as the title for our episode in our notes. Mm-hmm. And I I think at first it was a placeholder as in this will be our reunion episode. Right. This is the episode we'll do in person. And then I got to thinking, well we decided we'll each take our planes. We'll take our journeys over here and then when we land we will uh <laughs> reunite i guess right and 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 see what topic we land on yeah and I, i was thinking about how why not just do reunion because that is the theme that is why i'm in boston mm-hmm. i'm here to spend time with my family i'm here to reunite with harry potter i'm here to reunite with you and all of my harry potter fandom friends that I have met through the years. Mm-hmm. And because I'm in Boston as well, I have the opportunity to meet some of my favorite people from some of the most formative years of my life when I was growing up. Boston is my my hometown where I lived all through all through adolescence and high school. So I am reuniting with all of those aspects and also what has surprised me is that I'm reuniting with myself as well because in in meeting with all of the people including Harry <laughs> it takes me back to when we first met or when we used to spend more time together when we were in the same space one thing that I've been thinking about since we like jokingly proposed this as a topic or we've made this like the placeholder um topic and then realized it's what we actually wanted to get into was in like I was looking forward to to be reuniting with friends from this convention and I started thinking about how there's something about like fan conventions or working on a creative project like a piece of theater working on a play or working on a movie in my case um where you have this like really 
short time with people where there can be a lot of intimacy in that time. There's like a, there's an urgency to the relationships that are formed within a convention or within working on a project because it's usually an intense experience. Ideally, there's a feeling of like, these are your people. If you're cast in something or producing something and you're choosing the cast or crew, you um, ideally are choosing people who are gonna work, you're gonna work well with. And when you go to a Harry Potter convention or a fan convention, you're surrounded by people who might understand you better than the people you usually spend your time with. And I always feel like these weeks long projects or a fan convention creates this kind of summer camp feeling where when you run into those people, you know, years down the line, you feel like you know them really well, or you feel like this deep connection with someone, even if you only knew them for a weekend, even if you only worked with them for a week. Like there's this, there's this um, intimacy that happens that wouldn't happen in daily life, I guess. There's like this, this bond that is formed that wouldn't happen so intensely if it was just like someone you work with at an office or you know someone who goes to school with you, who you see in the halls every once in a while. It's something really different and it's really special. And so I was reflecting a lot too about just like how those relationships form and, and, and why I do feel so close to certain people at this convention. Um, even if I haven't really spent that much time in hours with them over the years. It's funny how counterintuitive that feels or that seems when everything you're saying makes sense. Mm -hmm. The context of how you meet people and how you continue to meet people. I found a box of letters, speaking of our letter writing mm -hmm. episode and I I've actually been carrying around I've, I've been carrying around a couple of letters in my bag which is less uh, less heavy than like a book <laughs> and these are letters from Aaron who performs as Rory on our show and I've just been like taking them out in between sessions and revisiting these random letters special <laughs> so special and it made me realize how accustomed I was growing up to long-distant friendships and how that was the norm for me. That's where it felt, that's where I most, I felt most connected to people was mm. in, in the confines of a letter. And then when Aaron and I would meet in person, it was like for a day maximum. And it was always really special. We would, it would be a special occasion. So my my like childhood friendships were a series of, of reunions, really. It was quite intense. Do you think that it's just easier to take it take people for granted if you see them every day? Or do you think that you just choose the people who are so right for you and they often don't live in the same city? I think there's a different energy to it because even now sitting next to you on the floor, I feel like we talk about slightly different things than we do across the internet. It just feels slightly different. And I think when there's, so, there's sort of things you can catch up on in person mm -hmm. that you can't always write down or 
that you know if you write it down and there's space in between that it won't feel the same. So there's something about being in person that brings up brings up things that and it's it's not even necessarily like a heavy thing or a, or a, like a a secret or anything. It's just like a Oh, have I not told you a list of secrets? <laughs> I have it in my back pocket. I will be sure to read them to you after the show. <laughs> but it's like <laughs> Do you what, what's been your experience? Do you find that when when people re, when you reconnect with people in person it's like slightly different than Skype call? Yeah, I definitely do. I mean, I'm I think I do talk a lot on the show about my own resistance to technology as is. Like even my my roommate texted me to be like, "How are things?" and I haven't responded to her yet because I just <laughs> I don't like texting to catch up. And yeah, that's not a personal thing. Like that's that's nothing to do with her. I just really don't find fulfillment in that. And um so that's part of it where like I do, there's so many people here at this convention even who I, I follow their art lives on social media. I buy their book when it comes out because there are a lot of writers here. And all of that is stuff I'm able to do and, and keep track of even, you know, at a distance. But that's really different than sitting down with someone in person. Like, like it's sometimes awkward even to me. Um, not with you because we talk every day, but... It's awkward to me sometimes when you follow people on social media and you feel really caught up on their lives Mm -hmm. because then you see them in person and you're sort of like, well, what do we talk about? And it's such a relief when there is so much to talk about that you just don't see on social media. Like they're like, I don't, I want the in-person connection. I want the, the diving into the depths or just joking around in person that you don't really get. It's not as fulfilling. It's just not as fulfilling on Skype or on an email or a text. And it's so special when you get to have this time in person with people. And I, I, I know I am wondering, do I take people for granted in person because I just get to see them every day? Like, how does how would that feel different? Some of like my all time best friend in the world um, is someone I went to elementary school with, but we met when we were nine and we were only in school together for really two years. And then I moved to Philly and we have maintained a really close friendship uh, since then, since, since I moved when I was 12. Um, and we visit each other now and then. And every year I see her at least once or twice she just spent time in LA with me and I try to see her in New York or Connecticut, wherever she is. Um, and it's amazing that we are able to have the friendship that we have, considering the fact that since we were 12, we haven't lived in the same city. But I also wonder if our relationship is made more special by the fact that we don't get to take each other for granted. Like we have to choose to reunite. She has to buy plane tickets to come to LA. You know, I have to make the time to see her during the holidays when I'm on the East Coast. Like it is uh, it is a lot harder to make it in-person time happen. And I wonder if that makes the relationship feel more sacred or if it means that we're, we're meant to be friends um, because you have to put in that extra effort. You sort of get to be your best self. Yeah. It's even with 
especially with long distance communications, if you're exchanging letters or even text messages, you can wait until you're in your best state of mind <laughs> yeah. to respond to somebody. And there's something really, really cool about that actually is to have this amplified friendship of you're not having to, to spend all of that buffer time together. Mm-hmm. Of like you, have, you don't have to be moody together. That's true. I'm just realizing as we're. Talking. I mean, I'm I'm really I'm fascinated by this now. Yeah. Like if if I because I I think about I was saying earlier I think about this with people I was on projects with too, um, where I feel so close to certain co-stars I've had, even if we worked on a project for really only like three days, like we catch up on the phone every once in a while, or we try to like grab dinner if I'm in New York or something like that, where I have this really deep feeling of connection with certain people that I've worked on a project with who like in reality, I don't know that well. I mean, I do think that there's something to be said for like, if you're creating art with someone, they're seeing, they're seeing parts of your soul that you maybe don't show in your day-to-day life. Like I know on a certain project I'm thinking of right now, like this film alone with company, the whole crew is still so tight, even though it was like a three day shoot. But it's also like the topics that we covered in that film meant that like I was bearing my soul in a way that I just don't in my day to day life. Those people have seen my vulnerability in a way that like my parents haven't always. So there is that, there is something really special about that. And I think that even in the, the Harry Potter conference, People are seeing me get excited like a little kid about, you know, Harry Potter in a way that like I don't show that part of myself. I play it cool. I, you know, I do like I really I really um, show parts of my personality here that aren't available to be seen for my friends in L.A., for example. And um, yeah, I'm just I'm just like really excited now wondering about all of this and wondering like if I held back if I do hold back though in my relationships sometimes and like reserve certain parts of my best self for people who I see once a year like now I'm like oh man if I really only show up as my best self and that's why I feel so close to certain people what does that say about me or like how can I act like that all the time I like to sort of do the opposite too when I meet people when I, when I meet friends in person that I haven't seen for a long time I like to try out a little bit of their normal life I love having my friends take me to like I remember visiting my friends Kat and Craig in Oxford and and saying like what do you do on a Sunday and they said well we do some we go to our favorite cafe and we get a coffee and we like do our life admin and update our budget. And I was like, let's do that. (laughs) I love that. And I I think that part of what I'm wondering is like, it's almost scary to make that leap with people that you mostly have distance from or that you've had really like fun, intimate experiences with at a con or on a show or whatever, but they're not really part of your daily life. I feel like the bridge from like, this exciting close relationship to like, oh, you know, come to the cafe while I do my budget. Mm. That is a leap. Like that's a scary leap for me. Even like you and I grabbed lunch and I was like journaling because I just hadn't had the time yet in the day. And like that is 
a different part of myself. That's come join me in the daily life stuff. And that's not all fun and exciting. And I think that it takes a lot of trust when you have these relationships that you kind of revere. Um, But with people who aren't involved in your day-to-day life, I think it takes a lot of trust and courage to like bring them in all the way. I think with the, um, with Kat and Craig in particular, they, Kat was my roommate at, at Oxford. And so it's, it's funny that you make that connection because we sort of fell back into what we used to do. Like we lived together. Okay. And, but now I'm thinking about that. Do I do that with other friends? And I remember, um, one of my best friends growing up, Alexandra, also called Alexandra, I met at a summer program in Oxford, and I'm, I'm going to see her tomorrow. Yay! <laughs> so many reasons. This, I'm just saying, there's real summer camp specific. There's <laughs> yeah, a lot of summer camp summer reunions. Camp. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember when we, okay, so this is the summer of 2000, here we go. It's summer of 2007. Go. Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows was coming out. I was enrolled in this summer program before the release date was announced. I was precocious enough to call up the office at this summer program and say, if I cannot get the Harry Potter book at midnight, I'm not coming. So can you give me an answer about that? So I need to just interrupt you really briefly because I too was at summer camp during the release of the seventh Harry Potter book. I was at the Summer Institute for the Gifted, which is a camp that takes kids and puts them in college. So I'm what? such a nerd. I would go <laughs> I would go to, to college for three weeks, basically, out of the year. Like, I would go to Vassar. That was where my, my camp was. And I would take courses. I would, like, choose courses that I was interested in as a freaking 10-year-old because <laughs> nerd. Um, but anyway, so many of the kids there were Harry Potter fans. And I so I, too, was at summer camp during the release of Harry Potter. I, was at, I too, camp, was at university. Summer camp. <laughs> And what I did was my dad came, we found a bookstore that was doing a midnight release and he came and he just signed me out of camp for the night. So, uh, yeah. My parents were too far away to do that. (laughs) Yeah, they couldn't do that. But anyway, it's just so funny that we both had that same experience of like, yeah, I'm not doing this if I can't go get a midnight release of Harry Potter though. And I'm I'm just learning this for the first time for the record. (laughs) Processing. But uh, fortunately, there were enough people running the the program that I was attending who were Harry Potter super fans who understood and went to Waterstones and brought the books back for us. And we were all standing in a circle oh. sobbing. And I I met I met people that summer who not only it was like a super pre union or whatever the term is for like. All of these things that we have in common, this uh, convening of interests where we had chosen to spend our summer this way, we're Harry Potter fans, we're all sharing this together. And I remember it, this was like a few weeks long program and in the beginning of it, it felt so intense. Like, I never get to spend time with people. This is like a, a month long version of a weekend convention mm-hmm. and I just wanted to savor every moment with these new friends of mine. And by the end of the month, we had slipped into daily life a bit. And I remember one time Alexandra and I were walking around the city and she was like, I just want to listen to my iPod right now. Mm -hmm. And it felt so strange because you don't just go on your iPod when we're in, we don't have the chance to be here so often, but it was like, that was the turning point. 
into this is our daily life now. And so she put in her earphones, I put in my earphones, and we had the spaciousness mm-hmm. to sort of exist individually together. I feel like not a, not an intentional test, but a test of real long-term friendship is doing something like that with someone who feels really new and exciting. Friendship or relationship, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like the moments where I've gone okay, well, I'm just going to read because I need, or like, I need to journal because I'm going to act crazy if I don't, <laughs> like, you know, I need to like sit in a corner and do this. The, you know, those people who are, who will then work on their laptop or, you know, read all next to me. Like those are the people who turn out to be the long-term serious relationships or friendships in my life because it's like, okay, we're going to take all of the exciting, fun momentum and we're going to drop it down into daily life now. I'm so fascinated by where this has led us. Yeah, me too. It's definitely not what I expected, which it never is when we hit record. But I love how we always land on some sort of thesis, which we sum up by asking, what is the art life? The art life is vulnerable. Gosh darn it. <laughs> Zandra, what is the art life? I'm going to have to use more words than that. The art life is the balance between inviting people into your your daily life, sharing your daily life with people, while also creating those sacred, special, I only get to see you for a day or an hour memories. I'm going to be thinking about this for a long time now. Me too. And I'm going to be thinking about the opposite ends of the spectrum that this exists on. Like, I'm going to be thinking about how can I create some experiences with my roommate or with my sister who lives in L.A. so that we still have those moments of fun and, you know, excitement, um, even though I also have the privilege of having them in my everyday life. And then on the flip side, how do I create moments of groundedness and, and vulnerability with people who I maybe only have the fun, exciting moments with otherwise. What's great about this show is that as those, as we process this and those answers unfold of how that looks in our lives, we'll, we'll report back to you. Yeah, we will. For sure. Sandra, where can people find your art? <laughs> it feels, my art feels so far away. It does, it really does. I have no idea what I, I'm not working on an essay right now. Oh my gosh. I, uh, I have no idea what my next essay topic will be, but you can always find my writing on heroinetraining.com. You can subscribe for me to send it to you in your inbox, be pen pals, and I'm on Instagram at heroin training I publish my writing as well grace yes where can people find your art when you're being when you're working when i'm working um i am on patreon patreon.com slash grace gordon official and i'm still having i'm still on an upswing on patreon i've had a couple new patrons since the last time we talked and um that was something that I had mentioned in the previous episode. So I'm just feeling really good about Patreon and, and I've been posting more frequently. I've been dropping something like every day for the past couple days even just because I feel so much momentum and gratitude for that space. 
And otherwise, I'm um, yeah, I'm just posting on on Instagram, Grace Gordon official, and every once in a while showing up on other social media to just like invite people to a Halloween party that I'm having, and then going back under my rock that I live under. So I did see that post on your Facebook. Where you're like, do not contact me here. I'm only here for Halloween. <laughs> I live the Facebook event conundrum is really difficult. Like since we all use that to invite each other to events, so yeah, I'm back on Facebook. Not to be contacted, but just to set up a Halloween party. (laughs) All right. And with that. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon to you too, Zandra, because it's the same time and we're in person. We'll see you next time. See you next week. This is The Art Life, a heroin training podcast with Grace Gordon and me, Zandra Robinson Burns. You can find us online at theartlife.show and send letters to The Art Life, care of Grace Gordon, P.O. Box number 4292, Valley Village, California, 91607, or email us, theartlife at heroinetraining.com. Our theme music is The Stream by Rory. Thank you for joining us.